This is Live Well Talk on Cancer Survivorship. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. Survivorship is so much more than just surviving a cancer. It involves living with it, through it, and beyond it. The Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center offers the only dedicated survivorship clinic in the area, designed to help you through every step of your survivorship journey, regardless of when or where you were treated. Here to tell us more about this program is Heather Domer, uh, a survivorship nurse practitioner at the Community Cancer Center. Welcome. Thank you. You know, when you think survivorship, um, wh what is it? Well, a patient is considered a survivor from the time of diagnosis until the end of their life. And so our um, goal at the survivorship clinic is really to make that time as, um, as good as can be, as healthy as a person can be, um, as well as they can be. Um, so it really encompasses a lot of different um, activities that we do and um, just uh, keeping patients as well as they can be during that time. Now, th this, this question may sound petulant on some level, but it's not intended to be. But like if I have a basal cell cancer removed from my ear from a sun exposure, let's say, is that considered survivorship? I mean, it is a cancer, but it's pretty limited and my life wasn't in threatened by it. It's definitely considered survivorship. So like a patient would definitely be welcome in our okay. center. So I mean, you don't say, well, your but cancer wasn't severe enough. That, no, you know. we would never say that. However, it's not something that I typically do see on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we, most people, that was, like I said, it was kind of a petulant, petty question, but I was just curious. Right, no, yeah, I d definitely they would be welcomed at the cancer center and we would want them to participate in the services that we offer, but it's not something that I would actually sit down and do like a full visit for. What's the longest you've had someone in your program? Well, I'm pretty new, so hard to answer that question. I've only been here for about a year and a half. Um, and so I'm not, I know that it's been going on longer than I've been okay, here. Yeah. So I can't really answer that question real well because I'm not sure. Um, but I know there's been a couple other nurse practitioners before me who started the survivorship clinic. Usually in oncology and from, from like my perspective, we talk about five-year survival rate. Lung cancer, five years, survival, right. colon cancer, five-year survival rate. I, I really can't tell you why the five years is there. Um, don't know. Uh, but it, that's kind of a standard uh, metric for measurement. So, um, you know, it's like people get past five years, it's still pretty good that it's probably not coming back or, or they have survived, of course. Um, it's just, so have you heard or seen people drop off after five years? Or is that uh, something that the patients follow in their participation as well? Well, I actually have two different roles as a survivorship nurse practitioner. The first role is that I do survivorship care plans for every cancer, almost every cancer patient that we see here at um, between PCI and Unity Point. So as soon as they complete their treatment, their, at least their first phase of treatment, they come to me and we do, uh, we sit down and go through their diagnosis, their treatment information. We talk about follow-up, who's gonna do what, um, what kind of signs and symptoms they need to be watching for, and also um, side effects that can occur even down the road from the treatment that they've had. And then we finally talk about all the services that we offer, and I do referrals of what I think they could um, benefit from. That's the first part. So after that, they usually go back to their physician to be followed for 
however long, five, 10 years um, for cancer surveillance. The second part that I do is once they've been out five to 10 years and haven't had any problems or any recurrence, then a lot of times the oncologist will um, refer them back to me um, at a later time to do further follow-up. Just, um, you know, because the oncologists need to be there to take care of the patients that need the, the treatment, you know, they're the new diagnosed ones. Right, right, right. Um, and so they, I'm there to kind of help <clears throat> out um, for the patients that are out farther. And then we usually say, most of those are breast cancer patients that I take care of right now, um, but it can be lymphoma. Is that, is that the most common cancer in your clinic, Heather? Breast and prostate. Breast and prostate. Yeah. Okay. Are the most, are the two most Which common. are some of the most common cancers. So that, right. That of course. stands to, mm -hmm. to, to make sense. Well, so what is, what is the goal of survivorship? I mean, they've survived. So that's check. That's off the list. I mean, that's good. What, what are goals beyond that? Um, so there's lots of different goals. Um, and actually, it's really personal for the patient what their goal is. My goal as a provider is to um, go through those things that I, that I just mentioned before. Um, my goal is so that they have something written. They go home with a piece of paper that has everything down, their diagnosis, their stage, you know, what their tumor looked like, um, what their surgery was, if they had chemo, if they had, they have everything written down. So if they ever need to go somewhere else for care, they have that in their hand those records. And it's nice, um, even just within our own community, we have several different medical records. And so it's nice for all of those places to be on the same page on what we're doing. And then the second thing is the family doctor um, really sometimes struggles with where they fit into this whole thing. And so the care plan also gives the family doctor an idea of what they need to be continuing to follow and what that our oncologist is following. So it's nice for them to know, again, everything's written out exactly. You're doing this and I'm doing this. Um, and so it, it's very helpful in that way. The other side of the coin for the patient is those long-term side effects that can occur. Um, there's lots of side effects that can occur and some of them are not just physical, uh, definitely emotional side effects too. And so it's also important to sit down with the patient and see what their goals are, um, how they see the rest of you know, the, their life going forward, their future, and what is important to them and what kind of services we can offer to help get them to that goal. Um, I know there's a catchphrase for everything right now, this new normal. <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time, even before COVID. <laughs> but um, it, cancer patients do have to find that new normal for them. Um, they're, they're living with the diagnosis sometimes long-term, um, or they're living with a fear of the recurrence of cancer. And so it's, it's really a goal to find what works best for that patient. That's, that's interesting you say that. <clears throat> we, did a, we had a podcast um, within recent days of, on post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I did learn during that podcast or confirmed my suspicion that your post-traumatic stress disorder is not the same as mine. That's right. The, the event that sets that off. So mm -hmm. I imagine uh, there are some people or patients that are really affected by the diagnosis of cancer and survivorship and others that are kind of hands-off, carefree about it and not, don't really uh, um, 
it doesn't really affect them. They just move on, or at least we don't see the effects. This is a tough question to ask. We kind of chatted about it before we started the podcast. But so I imagine there's some patients that become consumed by it. They become their colon cancer. And there are other patients that completely deny that they have it. You know, it's quite a spectrum. How, how do you balance those two between participation and consumption? Uh, how, how does that work? That's a good question. Um, I, everybody is different, as we know, um, right. as providers. Everybody has to kind of find their niche. Um, you know, I one of the things that we do in the cancer center is we do a screening tool as soon as um, they come to the meeting. And, you know, it lists... First visit. Yeah, first visit. Um, it lists everything, all the concerns that we think maybe they might be concerned about. And then they check them off, you know, and they tell us what they're concerned about. And then I really try and focus on those concerns and, again, what the services are that can help them with those concerns. Um, the fear of recurrence is typical for most patients. And so we usually talk about that quite a bit um, because it's, it's um, ever, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't have that fear at some level. Um, and so I think it's important to talk about that with patients. And one of the things that I talk about with them is having someone to talk to, a support person. And if they can't find someone to talk to to get those feelings out, uh, a journal is another good way of getting those ideas and feelings out on a piece of paper to write it down. It's not healthy and not a good idea to squander those feelings down um, and that can actually make things worse. And so that's one of the things that we do talk about too is, is that they should you know, let those feelings out and talk to others about it. So if, th if that's the first visit where uh -huh. you, you develop that coordinated treatment plan between the oncologist, the patient, and the, and the family practitioner and yourself, um, which, you know, I, I think that illustrates coordinated care is not just simply coordinated scheduling where they all visit each day. It's that, that's not coordinated care. Coordinated care is actually d determining between uh, two or more individuals, including the patient, about what, what the plan is and what he, everyone's role is, you know, and I think that's excellent. That's, yeah. that's, uh, I really enjoy hearing that. But so that, that's the first visit. What, when do I see you again? When and how often do I see you? And, and what are those visits like? Yeah, so the majority of patients just see me the one time. Um, and then they go back and see their family doc, or their, I'm sorry, their oncologist um, for the cancer surveillance. Or for prostate patients, a lot of times it's their urologist who follows it. So their primary specialist care um, who's doing the cancer treatment. Okay. They're the ones who actually do the follow-up because they need close follow-up with their labs and, and their surveillance. So then um, once they've been out like five years, five to 10 years, again, it really depends on the oncologist. It's up to them when they feel that the patient is stable enough that they can come back to me. Sometimes they do. Not everyone does. So the majority of the people that I see is just the one visit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it kind of established a treatment plan. Yeah. But the door's open if they, of if, if they need to see yeah. you again, that's possible. Yes. Well, well speaking of that door, how, how, does, how does one get a, an appointment? Is it a referral from an oncologist? Could I just call you up if I'm a cancer survivor and say, you know, I need some help? How does that work? Yeah, so the oncologists do refer, and so does the um, both the medical oncologist and the radiation oncologist refer patients to me. 
Um, but yes, you can also call up and get an appointment. Um, and it doesn't matter where you had your treatment at either. It doesn't have to be through Unity Point. Uh, it can be through the university or through Mercy. Um, and we welcome anyone who's had a cancer diagnosis. So yeah, they can call me up um, or they can call the front desk and make the appointment. Sure. Um, but we also, most, the majority of it is referrals. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, what, what, what have you seen change? You know, you talk about this new normal uh, and, and with COVID. Um, how, has, how has COVID affected the practice? I mean, I'm sure perhaps a little less attendance uh, as patients they would be at higher risk, right? They right, have yes. cancer, they've survived it, so yep. it's not smart for them to go out and about. Yeah, uh, especially the newly, the ones that have been newly treated. Right. If they've been treated yeah. with chemo, they're definitely immunosuppressed. Right. Um, so a lot of our services were temporarily suspended uh, during the majority of the COVID. Um, so exercise classes, group classes, um, massage therapy, we have acupuncture therapy. Um, most of those were suspended at least for a couple of months, but the good news is is that we're starting to ramp things back up and um, massages opened up and acupuncture's opened up. Um, our exercise specialist is doing one-on-one -on -one appointments with um, patients for exercise, but we're not quite all the way there yet. We're going to hopefully um, open up the group appointments in July. Okay. And do the group um, exercise and stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there has been some other, um, some online stuff that we've done, um, some yoga classes that they um, recorded online or the Facebook page, and they're talking oh, like about doing some meditation too. Streaming or whatever Streaming, yeah, okay. exactly. So that's been nice. So one last question, but wh why did you, how, how did you end up in this survivorship role? What, why, why did you choose this? Um, well, I've been a nurse for... It's okay to say it's the only job you could get. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been a nurse for uh, quite a few years, about 15 years. Um, went back and got my nurse practitioner degree about three years ago. Um, during the time that I was getting my nurse practitioner degree, my mother became ill with cancer. And so, so a little um, personal influence here. Yeah, there's a, there's a large personal influence here. Um, as we like to say here at St. Luke's, we like to get the treatment um, that we'd like our loved ones to receive. Um, my mother passed away Sorry uh, from her cancer, but her memory lives on through me. And I feel like I can really give the care that I think my mother would have wanted if she was still here. Well, that's, that's impressive, Heather. That's, that's inspiration right there for, uh, for, for the day. Yeah. Thanks, Heather, for stopping by again. This was Heather Domer, survivorship nurse practitioner at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. For more information, visit communitycancercenter.org backslash survivorship. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.